most of us in the modern world, in the modern first world at least, we're used to constant feasting. <laughs> if you're familiar with the comic Jim Gaffigan, uh, I remember he was once talking about the holidays and, and joking about them. And he, he said something to the degree like, you know, what do we do on Thanksgiving? Well, we basically, we eat too much, right? Well, we do that every day. You're like, what's different about Thanksgiving? You know, and it was a funny bit because it, it's true. We know that all the time. We live in, in great abundance. And to some degree, we're always all the time eating too much, too much of the wrong things. Um, we are feasting by just about any standard uh, geographically or historically, you know, for, for human beings. We are feasting all the time. Welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network International. And as always, this is the discussion about our daily task of growing in imitation of and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, good to be back with you again. Uh, again, a reminder, this is a production of the Coming Home Network International. We are a network of converts to the Catholic Church, as well as those who are thinking about becoming Catholic, whether pastors or, or lay people from different Christian denominations or even beyond. Uh, we are a network... Uh, here to help you if you're thinking about becoming Catholic. And so if you have questions or if you're you're on a journey and maybe you don't know where you're going, we'd love to walk that journey with you. We'd love to pray with and for you. We'd love to help answer your questions and help you find community with others who've made a similar journey. So check it out at chnetwork.org. Uh, today on this show on Deep in Christ, uh, I want to talk a little bit about feasting and fasting. Well, we're just starting the Lenten season here, uh, and it's this time in the church, we have this, this invitation the church gives us to enter this time of penance, this time of reflection on our sins, reflection on our brokenness, reflection, most importantly, on our need for a Savior. We need a Savior. When Christ said, I came not to call righteous, but, uh, but for sinners, there's an irony there because we're, we're all sinners. The question is whether we'll acknowledge that fact, whether we too will step out and say, Jesus, I want to be healed. I need a Savior. So that we have this time every year the church gives us, invites us to re-examine that reality that I'm a sinner, I'm in need of a savior, and I'm going to take specific practices during this time to, uh, to make myself better known to myself so that I can apply to that savior uh, more effectively. So one of the practices, I mean, there's three traditional penitential practice that, practices that the church encourages us to in this season. The three traditional ones are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and I think I've talked about those before, and I think we're all relatively familiar with those in different contexts. Um, but I want to talk today about the concept of feasting and fasting, right? We, we're focusing in Lent on, on a fast uh, in preparation for the Easter feast, but the church pre presents us with, with both, right? We have feast days and we have fast days in the Catholic Church. And certainly in scripture, we see both as well, right? We see uh, talk of fasting and we see talk of obviously feasting, the wedding banquet, the banquet of the lamb, uh, the supper, you know, the, the, the celebrations in, in Jewish life and in Christian life now uh, throughout the centuries. We have, again, both those times of feasting and fasting. And digging into what those each are 
and how they relate to one another, I think gives us a lot of, of fodder for reflection and, um, and you know, this, just this continuing journey that we're on. I mean, a first note that I would just make before digging more into feasting and fasting, it's just that we, you know, we're, we're on a journey. That, that has to be one of our primary lenses we keep in mind, that we are people on the way, on the journey in this life. The Christian life is always a journey onward. We're never done. You know, we, we never presume here at the Coming Home Network International, even though our focus is helping, if you're thinking about becoming Catholic, helping you become Catholic, we would never presume that becoming Catholic is suddenly the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. It's just another step in your journey, just as it wasn't the first step when you first came to know Christ, when you first experienced conversion. The journey didn't end. It began. Now the journey is of transformation in Christ, of letting him change you, of letting him work in and through you. That, that journey continues as long as, as he so wills. But we have to keep in mind that it is a journey. And so even with, with this topic, as with every topic, we're thinking of it in the context of a journey. And so today I wanted to just reflect on kind of the cyclical uh, experience we have as we go deeper into these two concepts of feasting and fasting. And I'm not talking specifically necessarily about food, although that's what we typically uh, are associating with those two things. I think we'll see as we go that they have a broader application. But, you know, we'll, to some degree, we will think it in terms of food because that's just more familiar to us. So I want to start from the, uh, I'm going to start with, with feasting. And we're going to kind of go from feasting to fasting to feasting to fasting to feasting. And you'll see why as we go. But let's begin with feasting because the reality is, it's always a little ironic when we talk about feasting and fasting in the Christian life because most of us in the modern world, in the modern first world at least, we're used to constant feasting. <laughs> if you're familiar with the comic Jim Gaffigan, uh, I remember he was once talking about the holidays and, and joking about them. And he, he said something to the degree like, you know, what do we do on Thanksgiving? Well, we basically, we eat too much right? Well, we do that every day. You're like, what's different about Thanksgiving? You know, and it was a funny bit because it, it's true. We know that all the time. We live in in great abundance. And to some degree, we're always, all the time, eating too much, too much of the wrong things. Um, we are feasting by just about any standard uh, geographically or historically, you know, for, for human beings. We are feasting all the time. And that's you know, that's at the, the source of a lot of our ills, both uh, spiritual and physical these days, right? That we're always feasting when, you know, part of the time we shouldn't be feasting. And even when we should be feasting, we also recognize in our modern lives that we don't really know what it would mean to feast anyway. I mean, does a feast just mean that you eat more? You know, that can't be all that a feast is. That can't be what, what it means to celebrate, you know, Sunday uh, keeping the Lord's day holy can't just mean be mean the day that we eat a lot, right? There's got to be more to a feast, to a celebration, even with regards to food, uh, than we're used to. So we're all, I would I would venture to guess, all here uh, living in a state of feasting, and we're in need of fasting. So let's talk about fasting. I want to point out that most of us, even if we approach the Lenten season. Most of us often approach that fasting, you know, that, that Lenten penance of fasting, that practice. Um, again, usually it's just a stopgap from our feasting, right? There's, a, there's this joke in Catholic circles, at least, when we're considering our, our Lenten penances, our Lenten fast, and I'm sure this is true amongst other Christian denominations when, uh, that practice fasting and practice Lent, 
that uh, when you get to Lent, okay, I'm going to give up sin for Lent, right? Or I'm going to, I overeat chocolate, so I'm going to give up chocolate for Lent. And we chuckle at that because we know that that is perhaps necessary. It's perhaps necessary in my life right now to put a stopgap to this this thing that I overindulge in, that I sinfully indulge in. But we also know that that can't really be what a fast is in the proper sense of the term. We don't fast from sinning. We, we stop sinning, right? We repent of sin. Fasting is supposed to be something different. Fasting, offering up a sacrifice, is supposed to be something different. But many of us, uh, when we when we first be at some point on this journey, you know, again, whether it's regard to food or drink or anything else in our lives, we for many times we start from a place of incontinence. Is what the church would call it. We have we struggle to be simply be continent with this thing. We struggle not to eat too much. One step along this journey is to grow simply in continence. Now, continence, as distinct from virtue in Catholic thought. Uh, virtue would be reaching a place where it becomes it becomes easier, it becomes natural. Your heart becomes oriented towards um, making the good choice. When you're simply growing in continence, you're simply keeping from doing doing the bad thing, overindulging in this case. Fasting in this sense, you know, uh, putting limits on ourselves so that we're not overindulging, so that we're not straying into into sin. Um, we we recognize there that it has a relationship, this kind of fasting in that sense has a relationship to feasting because um, practicing the virtue of temperance here is what we'd be practicing. Again, tempering a desire, tempering a, a desire to overindulge or to indulge wrongly or in the wrong things in the wrong times. It's not merely a negative movement, right? We don't, if we recognize that I have a disordered or disproportionate desire uh, that leads me into gluttony or lust, that the tempering of that desire is not to, to destroy the desire. It's not because the desire in its essence is wrong. God made it after all. He gave, He had a purpose for it. It's to temper it in, or, in order that my inner life can be ordered and redirected where it ought to be. So if I have a desire to overindulge in food, I, I often have to temper that, you know, pull that back in. But the, the goal isn't to eradicate it. The goal is to order it more properly towards the purpose of that desire in the first place, we desire food. Uh, we are supposed to desire food to be nourished. You know, we 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 eat to live, not live to eat, as my mom used to say. So, we we all are in a state of relative feasting, most of us in our lives, and often the first step is just to pull away back on that, and it, and it it's it's fasting in a certain sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a diet, or I'm gonna put some order in my life so that I'm not just overindulging. And that's again, we're trying to bring in some continence, some temperance, some some stop gaps. But recognizing that the next step there is is in order to begin to enjoy things, to feast. I dare say, uh, the way that we ought to in a, in an authentic way. Once we're able to temper ourselves, we begin to have a different relationship with the object of our desires, okay? A food is a gift from God. When we're incontinent, when we can't control it, we have no self-control, we can't enjoy it as a gift of God. We can't use it for its proper purpose. When we begin to introduce some temperance, we discover a new meaning to feasting. We're able to receive food as a gift from God. 
Okay, and this is true both for, again, those meals, again, keeping in the context of food here, those meals that we might receive that are just normal meals, our our day-to-day food, with a bit more temperance, a bit more continence, we're able to receive that food and appreciate it for its purpose. You know, most of our daily food is to be to nourish us, to give us energy to do our, our, our work, to keep us healthy, to keep us strong. And we're able to appreciate and receive food in that way. But also on a feast day, you know, a, a holy day of the church, uh, Christmas or Easter or someone's birthday, it's only the man with a modicum of temperance, a modicum of self-control, continence, that is able to approach that feast and begin to receive even not necessarily nutritious food, but celebratory food, wine or a piece of cake or something like that, as a, a true feast. Again, in a in a in a more authentic sense, uh, a feast again is not just it's not just overindulging. We know that the feast is when you're able to be tempered enough that you can receive and enjoy that thing as a gift from God. Whenever we uh, sin in an indulging sort of way, sin in an sensual thing. Uh, w- one thing that's interesting to notice uh, is that we're always disintegrating that thing. We're always objectifying that thing. I mean, think of think of the sins of lust, right? When a man objectifies a woman, but what's going on there? There, there's a there's a a disintegration of of who she is as a person. He wants. He has a desire to enjoy just one aspect of her and not the rest, right? He wants to relate to her as simply a sexual object and not as a person, a child of God, a daughter of the Most High God, uh, a, a, a person, a whole person. So too with food, when we when we desire to eat too much food, well, there's, there's the, the amount or there's the taste, but not the whole phenomenon, the whole created phenomenon of this gift of food from God. Whenever we embrace the whole, whenever we're truly enjoying in this in this more authentic sense of, of feasting, of receiving as a gift from God, we're wanting to enjoy the whole, the whole gift. And so again, if we think of our, of our normal week, a, a normal week uh, involves time of, of work, right? We have five days of work and maybe we, we work at home on Saturdays, but then we're commanded by God to take a Sabbath day. And on that Sabbath day, we are to feast. Again, what that means in the sense of fasting and feasting is that primarily whatever we do on that day, we're receiving it as a gift from God. Our worship, our prayer, the food that we eat, the, the time we spend with friends and family, the, whatever leisure activities we do on that day, we're moving from a mode where we are doing the work to put ourselves together and then we're putting ourselves fully on God's mercy and his beneficence and we're receiving as a gift. And that's a very different relationship to, to the things of this world or even to other people than in that earlier mode of, of feasting in an incontinent way. Now we are receiving and enjoying things and people that God had given us, God has given us. And we're uh, by that, by virtue of that, we're wanting to enjoy them in their in their wholeness, in their fullness. We don't want to just have uh, food in its quantity or in its taste. We want to have a good meal that nourishes us, that builds us up. We don't want to just have another person in a objectifying way or a selfish way. 
we want to love them as a person, as a friend, as a spouse, or or what have you. And so it's always, it's this movement towards wanting to embrace and enjoy the realities that God has created as he's created them, as he intends them for their proper purposes. We've gone from feasting in an inauthentic sense. We might put scare quotes around that level of feasting, the feasting of just overindulgence all the time. And we know that there's a problem with that. And the next step might be fasting in a, in a merely tempering sense of, of pulling ourselves back, getting a little continence, getting a little order into our lives. Um, and that should be oriented towards a new and authentic feasting. You know, we temper ourselves in order to receive from God. Now, where does this connect with Lent? Well, what's interesting again about the Lenten season is that, again, we don't, you don't fast from sin. You repent of sin. Fasting is supposed to be an act of sacrifice, uh, a gift of love, right? You don't give evil things in sacrifice. You give good things. You give your time, you give your money, you give the fatted calf, right? Um, and so where that fits in with, with Lent, when we, we think about our penitential acts during Lent, during this penitential time, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, you don't fast from something sinful. You fast from something that is good, that is not necessarily a sinful attachment, but something that you can freely give up. And this is, again, we're thinking about this in context for the journey. For many of us, perhaps the, the, the first Lent that we did, you know, uh, we did give up chocolate because we eat too much chocolate and that was a necessary and, and good thing for that time in our life. But here we're looking at the trajectory is that there's a great, there's a deeper meaning, there's a deeper level of fasting that we want to get to. And that's to this place where we've, we've, we've practiced and attained a level of, of consonance with regards to food and drink and other things in our lives so that we're to able to enjoy them in a holy way. We're able to enjoy food as a gift from God. We're able to enjoy drink as a gift from God. We're able to love the people around us as gifts, as, as people, um, uh, valuable in and of themselves, right? Uh, created by God. Well, then this next step is that once we've actually done that, then we begin to reach a place where we could, in, in a more authentic sense, fast as a, an act of love, as an act of sacrifice, as, you know, giving up something good but lesser in order to receive something higher, right? We might give up food. We might, you know, abstain from meat on Fridays, as the church asks us to do during this Lenten season. Not because the things are bad, or even that we have a sinful attachment to them in some explicit way, but that we recognize this good thing, I can let go now as an act of love in order to gain something higher. And what is that higher thing? Well, of course, it's, it's a greater relationship with God. By freely opening our hands and letting go of, of these lesser things, these good things that he's given to us, we let go of them because we want to be more present to God. And that's where this deeper sort of fasting comes into play, where we, we give up good things uh, in order to draw closer to God. You know, some of the, the common things that can people give up during Lent, like, oh, I give up alcohol for Lent, or I give up chocolate, you know. Um, I think we can get creative with those. It doesn't always have to be food. That, that tends to be what a lot of people give up. That's a simple good. But it can be things like, you know, um, you know, our media. It can be, 
even with food, it can be not just, um, you know, the kinds of foods we like, but it can be the amount or, or, uh, the condiments that we put on the ways that we, the ways that we dress it up a little bit, but there's, there's different ways to give up small, free comforts, things that we, things that we love, things that are good, that we can give up as an act of love for God. And in that, in that place of, of a very slight deprivation, a very slight um, penance, we have this greater uh, opportunity to be present to God. And all that, of course, brings us to ultimately um, that we're all destined for the great feast, the heavenly feast. You know, it's interesting to think that we, we start, we all of us, most of us start from this place of, of, of a life of inauthentic feasting of indulging in the things of this world consciously or subconsciously hoping that they'll bring us happiness and they just don't and as we as we temper those desires as we apply ourselves to god as we receive his grace we gain the higher prize of a relationship of a friendship with god but in the meantime he also gives us back those other things right he gives us uh, the gifts of this world that we're able to suddenly to enjoy in a more holy way because we've tempered our disordered desires for them. But then we, in turn, are then able to give those back to God, to God because now that we no longer have uh, a sinful attachment to them, we're able to give them up as free gifts in order to draw closer to God and to orient ourselves ultimately to the, to the, the, the wedding feast, you know, the heavenly feast, uh, that we're ultimately ca- called to. I'd also po- point out too that again, in the church we have these great gifts, these sacraments that that God has given us, these particular ways that He draws close to us and makes Himself present, and we are able to draw close to Him. And as Catholics, we we fast before receiving the Eucharist um, because that, in a special way, is a foretaste of of this heavenly feast that we're we're destined for. We don't give up food before Mass because we're gluttonous. Maybe we, maybe we are gluttonous. But we give up that food because this is a good gift that God has given us, and we give it back up to Him to be more available for the greater gift, which is the gift of Himself, this, this deep relationship with Him. So I hope some of that is helpful for your reflection as you think about your Lenten season this year, as you think about your, uh, this time of Lent preparing for Easter. As you think about what uh, prayer and fasting and almsgiving you might undertake in order to make yourself more open to God's grace this year, um, it's I think it's interesting to think of that journey, fa- feasting to fasting to feasting to fasting to feasting. Um, that journey, I think, is helpful to keep in mind. It helps us to not rely too much on our own understanding and efforts and to get frustrated and perhaps discouraged, but to always turn back to the reality of God's grace and the reality that um, while the ultimate goal is perfection, that's that's really God's business and his grace. Our business is simply a little bit of progress, just saying yes to Christ today, just taking the next step he puts in front of us. So 
Uh, I hope you have a good Lent. I'll be praying for you. I'd love to hear what your your thoughts are on feasting and fasting. There's lots of other aspects of this topic that we can discuss, and perhaps we will down the road. But for now, this has been Deep in Christ here at the Coming Home Network International. I'm John Mark Grodi. Again, check out chnetwork.org for more information about our resources and the ways that we would like to help you on your journey to becoming Catholic and continuing this journey deeper in Jesus Christ. God bless you. We'll talk to you again next week.